Blog Talk Radio. Yes, welcome to TNC Radio, the next chapter, where we will always be diving into open, in-depth conversations about dreams, determination, and dedication, and the journey taken to realize them, focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. Tune in tonight with your host, A-Town, and I'm not here. No. <laughs> Gypsy stuff. And tonight, our host, our co, our host, our guest is Yana B. Woodhouse, who has been recognized as one of the top financial advisors in the country, and yet she's still going to talk to us. Isn't she wonderful? She has over 33 years of experience on all levels of financial advice and planning, including accounting, tax preparation, stocks and bond investing life and health insurances, long-term care, disabilities, 401k, retirement plans and strategies, family trust, college education, planning. She handles all and anything that deals with money and finance, securities, 
There are tens of thousands of people in the country that hold a license or two to work with someone in finance. However, there are only 8,000 that hold all top licenses that Yana B. Woodhouse does. That means there's 1.2 people in each city across the U.S. that can legally do what she does. Now, take her experience and years in business, and you bring that figure down to only about 0.5 people in each city that can do what she does. She's in the top 1% of what she does. That's how bad this woman is. And so when I talk to her, I'm like, yo, we want practical applications. We want stuff that you can do whether you have no money, little bit of money, a lot of money. She's like, I not only will present it, but she said that she also has something for entrepreneurs and, um, and, and independent contractors. So when we talk about we were blessed with this person, if you don't call in and ask, uh, ask questions today and you have problems with money, it's your fault because we got a powerhouse in here. Like literally this person is, would one of y'all be calling, you know, an insider or whatever as far as, you know, what she does and how she does it. She's in that class. And not to say that she's an insider, like, in attitude or behavior, but she is the woman. And she is here today. She's going to be calling in, and we're going to talk to her. And mainly since I'm not financially savvy, and I don't know if Gypsy is, we're going to do more listening than anything else, so we might have to rename Mr. Yana B. Woodhouse show for the day because she's going to house the show. With that, how you been, Gypsy? What's up with you? Talk to me. Say something. How was your week in the time of Rona? Oh, man, everything has been everything. I am getting my pen and my paper already. You sound far away. I can barely hear you. I said everything has been wonderful. I'm sitting here getting my pen and paper together, waiting on Miss Yana to come in. I just got one question for her and one question for her only at this time. Huh? Where's the money? (laughs) Nah, you know, can a brother borrow a dollar? (laughs) (laughs) That is. Like, can I borrow a couple of dollars? Can you know? Can you? Can you uh, show can me something? something? You know. <laughs> can I let, let, let me something? Let, let me touch something. Let me touch something. Yeah. Just. Yes, You know what I'm you saying? You said that you like know, you she, talking to Miss Jackson. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. But Yana, I've known her. Let's let's go back. Let's get personal. Yana, I've known her from um, Hottest Poets. And for people who don't know, like, it's hard making money as a poet if you're not just greatly established. Hottest Poets has given out more money singularly to performance poets than, like, any other organization on the planet. Like, they were giving away $500 a week in prize money every week for, like, I don't know how many years. You know, and I'm reading over um, Yana's, um, her, her bio, because it's long as what. But let's, because I'm, since I'm an education man, let's get this straight. 
Um, she graduated from high school with honors, accepted full-page scholarship to Fordham University. There she graduated cum laude with a BS in accounting and public administration and earned an MBA. She's also a certified financial fiduciary. She's going to explain that because all that means to me is, yeah, she got some stuff because I don't know what a certified financial fiduciary is, you know. Um, yeah, she's the Oh, in 1983, Ms. Woodhouse became one of the first African-American women to work on Wall Street as a full-service broker. After a highly successful 14-year career in trading, she retired from Wall Street to pursue a variety of other entrepreneurial ventures. In other words, she is bad. Like, you know, she her her resume looked like a dictionary. So, yeah, but she in there. Oh, I think she's in here. Let's see if that's her. What happened? Where you at, Gypsy? Is this hot? Is this Shana? Hold on a second. Let's get her in it. Okay, Gypsy is talking to her. So, yeah, Yana is on the line. She's in the house. Um, again, this is going to be one of those curtailed days of ignorance. Um, we always have to warn you on this show, this is intellectual ignorance at its finest. We believe in being um, upfront and, and, and on our game, but we do not take ourselves too seriously, and we talk a lot of trash. Today, since we don't know that much about finances, except maybe being on the smaller end of them, we might not joke that much because we're taking notes. But, <laughs> but understand. And as my mama used to say, ig- as my mama used to say, money ain't nothing to laugh at. Yes, but understand the ignorance will return next week when we do a recap of the Legacy series so far, and then we just have a general just blow-off show where we get the steam off, and then the week after that we're going to do our Legacy. And also um, – who worked with Yana um, in Hottest Poets is Matt McCoy, who owns a all African-American-owned or people of African descent network, table network. And he's already agreed to come on and talk about the legacy in media and what he's doing. We'll talk, you know, since we got him on the line, we'll like bum rush him and be like, how we get content to you? You know, so you try to get you to end and we want to cut of anything you make off of it. That's all we're saying. Now, um, also, we have my boy Adam Banks, who's a doctor, and he um, teaches um, English literature and some other stuff. I'm not sure of everything he teaches. I just know he's one of them big brain people, and um, he's going to come through later in June, and he's going to talk about, you know, the literary tradition and legacy we have, and we're going to get um, get his um, input, you know, so Matt and him are coming up. But with that in mind, Yana has a lot of information, so we're going to bring her in here, and we're going to put on our act right, and that's going to be that. Let's get her in. Yana! Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you you doing? I'm blessed (laughs) and highly favored, bro. (laughs) Hey, that's that's the way to be. That's the way to be. You know, we're talking about money. we talking about how this poets it. and how much money they used to give away. Boy, we used to love y'all. <laughs> oh, y'all yeah, used to pay rent sometimes. And I'm going to do it again. We're going to set it up again. It's not over. It's just 9-11 <laughs> kicked me in the stomach. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate this. Um, you know, I heard you say money not gonna have fun. We gotta have fun. We gotta make make funny money money fun because oh, if so we don't, we don't know enough about it fun, to make it fun yet. But 
But we will okay, after you get well, finished teaching us. I'm going to get there because I have for the past 35 years been trying to figure out how to make learning about money fun because of the fact is, is that if it's not fun, we ain't going to do it. And so what we do is, is that normally I say when I get out here to the world and I do presentations, I say, everybody, I know what y'all do. When you see the financial news come up, y'all click. (laughs) So I want it where it's not clicking that you embrace it. I see them when they do it. I know exactly when it happens. As soon as they say, and we're going to talk about the market right now, click. (laughs) So I want it where everybody embraces it and says, oh, I know what they're talking about. Now, you know, I got to admit, my industry has been very poor at embracing Main Street America, and that's why I'm on this mission, and I've been on this mission since 2011 to uh, bring financial literacy to the urban community. And so, you know, that's my whole, we got to learn how money works. We know how to make it. We sure know how to spend it. Now we got to make sure we know how to make it work for us. Yeah, we got the spending part down. We can teach classes and spending. (laughs) (laughs) trillion dollars. One point seven that's more than Spain spends. Is that just is that just people of color in America? Or is that globally? Like No, that's in America. America. Yeah. One point what? You said one point seven Ooh. Yes. I need a loan. Jesus. You think about what we spend on, you know, um, and it's truly spending. Because I, I, as a metaphysician, always say that we need to not spend. We need to circulate. We got to circulate our dollars. But our money doesn't stay in our community more than, I would say, an hour. Some people say five minutes because we don't produce anything. We don't have businesses. Um, we're not rotating the funds you know, so that it goes back in. I'm very cognizant of where I put my money and how I circulate it. You know, it has to be with someone who's going to put something back in my community. And so, you know, we've got to be aware of these things because we need, we have to have our businesses. We have to learn, you know, it's not by happenstance. When I first started this mission, there was only four states in the United States that taught financial literacy at the high school level. Now there's 24. So we got 50 states. Why isn't it mandatory across the country? You know, it's, it's almost hilarious that they make it mandatory for us to learn sex education, something that we probably can figure out on our own, okay? But when it comes down to finances, they don't want to teach it. And when they do teach it, you know, they teach us things like balance your checkbook. But we don't even have checkbooks anymore. You know? So yeah. you got to do something more than that, you know. And that's what I'm going to talk about really tonight is about the seven milestones to financial security and independence. I'm going to outline them and then how to, of course, which you, we were talking about before is uh, earlier was legacy, legacy building. Yes. We have a choice 
of whether we're going to leave asset or we're going to leave debt. And we got to get yeah, out right, of the debt idea. Yeah, because right now, most of our legacies is get a job. That's, that's all we can hear. Yeah, get a job gotta, with benefits well, and a pension. We got to stop well, telling I, I, the lies out here to our children. And, and I apologize to all the young folks that listen is that I personally feel that the, especially my generation, the baby boomers, we've lied to you. I apologize, and we're going to try to correct it. The lie was that we said, go to school, get a good education, build up as much bill as you can on that education, okay? Come out, get a job that can't even pay for the debt that you just incurred. And then after 30 years, you're going to retire with a pension, which doesn't exist anymore, and maybe get if you put money away, maybe get about 50% of what you were earning before, which you weren't able to live on the full amount before. So this is what we're telling our children to do. This, this doesn't sound romantic at all. <laughs> okay. Well, no, if it was we a girl, girl, I'd dump her. Well, well, yeah. well, with all due respect, that, that, that model that was in effect when that lie was being told to Generation X. Mm-hmm. Got lot, got switched in '92 from my research. So oh, it really it was, got switched. It, it got switched. As a matter of fact, it was on its road when the tax laws started changing. Really, in '87, it got okay. switched up because that's when they brought on the 401k plan and you know started pushing for you to start saving on your own because at that right. point. They knew that they were going to start to eliminate the pensions. Social Security, you know, it was that said that originally Social Security, if we go back to the history, Social Security was only supposed to last for a short time. Um, You know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, when he established it, it was because people had got hit with the uh, stock market crash. And people, the job market had crashed. Everything was, like, bottomed out. And he was trying to help folks get back on their feet. So there was 43 people funding that Social Security for everyone receiving it. And people weren't living that long. They were the, if you lived to be 60, 65 years old, you were pretty good. You know, you, you were grandma. Okay, so, uh, but now let's fast forward to today. And in today's world, there's only three funding for every one receiving. So that shows why there's a deficit right now. And then if you look and see how these businesses receive um, supplements from this disaster that took place, they dipped into the Social Security Fund. So they said the Social Security Fund was estimated good. To stat to last until twenty thirty five, so now we're at about twenty twenty nine, and drop. Wait a minute, they dipped into the Social Security fund. Yeah, oh, yeah this is what's happening. Yeah, this is what's happening. And wow, so, you know, y'all better so retire I, now. I, Ain't gonna be no money. <laughs> well, the thing <laughs> is, is that you know what they're talking about now. They want you guys to be able to draw. Um, from Social Security to wait till you age seventy, 
or 72. And with the, um, with the new CARES Act that just went, got passed, you know, everybody was so excited with the CARES Act that, oh, I'm getting $1,200 stimulus money. I was like, y'all really thought that made a difference? Okay. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> with the, I mean, realistically, here in New York, $1,200, that's not even going to pay your rent, okay? But the CARES Act set us up, and people were looking for child. I was getting calls on a regular four and five times a day, different people calling, asking, well, where do I get to? How do I get my, my, my money, my money? And I was like, you, you're talking about that $1,200? Go to IRS, and I still tell people, go to irs.gov, and right now they done cut it where they're not going to deposit the money into your account. If you haven't gotten it yet, you got to go on irs.gov and fill out, you know, where's my payment, and I didn't see that, or you didn't file your tax returns for 2018 and 19, so they don't know where to send it, so you got to let them know, you know, but... I was getting calls on a regular, and I was like, this is $1,200. They're testing you to see what you're going to do. And what did people do when they got the $1,200? They went out anymore because they go online. And Amazon increased their profits by over 200% because people bought on it. You know, I was telling folks, that's a stimulus check, but don't get stimulated by it, okay? Go, go <laughs> hold on to those. <laughs> something you might need this. You know, when Grandma used to say have a rainy day fund, we, we really needed a rainy day fund. The uh, average American today does not, is like, doesn't have any surplus money and is one paycheck from being homeless. So, it's Got not that. by happenstance all this stuff is going on. So for retirement, people are being told, you know, this year they don't have to take their required minimum distribution for our seniors who were mandated to take money out of their retirement plans. They don't have to do it. But they're looking to see there's another okie doke there. They're looking to get you to put off taking out any money from anything until you're 72 years old. And that's because average individual today is, is living longer. Either we live in, we're dying young or we live in a long time. And we know yeah. how that, that's been marketed because if every single person listening to me just gave it a thought, how many, do you know somebody who's 100 years old or is hitting hard on it? Most of us do. I remember when I was growing up, there was the guy on Channel 4. He would talk about, you know, who's turned 100 years old. Ain't nobody talking about that now. We have 127,000 individuals over the age of 100 in this country right now. So people are living longer. It's just what's the quality of life you're going to live at? And sometimes I'm not a conspiracy theory person, but I find it quite interesting that you know, these nursing homes are now getting corona so rapidly. I'm trying to see how they're trying to kill off some folks. You know, yep. It, well, you, hey, well, let me, like. as somebody who's dealt with nursing homes, and, you know, it was times where my, my father and my grandmother's nursing home, we were going up there 
sometimes like, yo, we might have to empty this joker out by hand, like, cause this, it's been stupid in them jokers forever. So I don't put anything mm. past them, you know, but yeah. let's get into, let's get into some brass tacks real quick. This is okay, TNT, the next chapter, um, legacy with, um, Yana B. Woodhouse. Um, the call in number is 646-668-2574. If you have questions, but don't call in yet. Because what we want to do is we want to make sure that she gets out everything that she came here with, and then after that we'll ask questions. But we don't want the questions to take up from her presentation. So what I'm going to do and Gypsy's going to do, we're going to ask her one or two questions, and then we're going to let her get into um, her presentation. And I know some of the answers because I've talked to her already about this, but I wanted to set this as, as a preface for um, people who are listening to be like, oh, this don't apply to me. So the stuff that you're going to teach us and talk talk to us about, do we need to have a pocket full of money to enact this stuff? Is this because, you know, a lot of people, oh, just invest. Well, like, what? I got lint in my pocket. Like, you know, are they taking, like, you know, denim and different forms of cotton, you know, as a joker or what? So what you're going to talk to us about is this practical for people in, you know, in various economic strata? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And the answer to that is it's necessary for folks in different economic situations. I do financial strategies for individuals, for the person who's got $10 to the one who's got $10 million. And I train the reps that work with me that we service them all on the same level. Why? Because they need the assistance on all levels. I got to get you there. Sometimes I got to get you to walk. So what I'm going to talk about today is how you're going to structure yourself because there's certain things you got to do, especially if you've got lint in the pocket. You know, we've got to do something to get you to the point where there's no more lint, that there's some stuff and get past the ching ching to the dollar dollar. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And and one more question, because the other thing that comes up is there's always a glass, perceived glass ceiling for people of color in this country. And so why are Mm -hmm. we going to get involved? Because when we when we get to a certain level, you know, here come the man. Is there a glass ceiling for people of color when it comes to economics? Like, is this one of those things where the man going to come in and stop you from getting to a certain level? Okay. The answer to that is no, there's not a glass ceiling, but there is some ills that are done to us. And the ills are that no one's teaching us how money works. So, you know, that's where the lack of knowledge is where that glass ceiling comes in. And like I always say that, you know, savings and investing is king, but implementation is queen. You've got to not only have someone tell you what I share with you tonight and the fact that I will just put myself out there, anybody, and I'll give my information that wants a free financial analysis of where they are because if you have a plan, then you will not be planning to fail. And so I will do that, and it's no obligation. But the key is, is that you can get a plan, but if you don't implement it, or you, you know, you like I say, you get the stimulus check, and I say to you, 
we need to take a third of that and put it away. And you're like, oh, no, because I saw these Jordans that I want, <laughs> you know, because we have to discern between the want and the needs. And culturally, a lot of things have to do with the fact that we want to feel good about ourselves because of the glass ceilings that we've hit throughout our lives. And so how do we do it? We wind up spending and buying stuff. You know, it it drives me crazy when I pass by the project and I see, you know, the BMWs, the Mercedes, the Lexus. I even see Teslas. And I'm like, okay, we got a problem here. You're not thinking on the right way. You know, ownership, not leasing everything and paying other people's bills. Having a business as opposed to providing for someone else's dreams. You know, we've got to learn to dream again. And so I would say that there's no glass ceiling, but because of the fact that so much has been held against us and not told, just to give a quick example of it, I had some years ago a client come in to sit with me uh, of, of the lighter persuasion, and he had um, received as an inheritance Con Edison Stock. That's our electricity company over here. Mm-hmm. And he had received Con Edison Stock to the tune that it was Con Edison at that time was selling at about 70 some dollars a share. And he says, I need money. But my grandfather bought this when Con Edison first started. Now, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents would have done the same thing if someone had told them what to do, but they weren't told. So his grandfather bought that stock at 25 cents a share. And oh, my now goodness. 70-something. And he's like, what do I do with this? And so Give <laughs> it to me. If you don't know what to do with it, give it to me. Yes, I told him I said, but he needed the income. But the capital gains, like you talk about the fact of what can happen to you when the government comes down on you, because from $0.25 to $70, you know, that's a heavy capital gain. You're looking at about 33 to 38% in taxes to be paid. So we didn't do that. What we did was we wrote options against it, and that created a a consistent income without him selling the shares. And that's just being able to sit with a financial advisor. Most of us in our community don't think we're worthy. And I'll say a lot of financial advisors don't think we're worthy to sit down and talk, be talked to. And so, you know, that's where the problem comes in. You know, there was an article in the New York Times where there was a a brother, uh, which I reached out to, that, you know, uh, the woman, I think it was uh, one of the noted banks, because I don't want us to get in trouble for naming, calling out people, but I call out people at times. um, Oh, we call out people on this show. We ain't got no money. Nobody can sue us. It was J.C. Morgan Chase. Hey, so Chase, as as Chris, Chase, hey, to paraphrase, to, hey, to paraphrase, um, was it um, I forgot what comedian said it. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yo, um, we so broke. If they sue us, they'll just be practicing. 
So go. <laughs> so this article, I got it. This article was in the Times and New York Times, and this young man was devastated because he had a client, and one of the other reps was trying to take it because he was working in the bank in J.P. Morgan Chase, and Chase has it set up. Whereas if you don't have fifty thousand dollars, you don't get to sit with a financial advisor, and so. Um, but this woman had a settlement for $400,000, and another rep got a hold of her and was trying to take it that client away from him. He went to his regional to complain, and the regional said, why are you fighting over this? This is a person who's had Section 8, has never had any money. This money's going to disappear, and, you know, it's a waste of our time. And he replied, isn't that what our our job is, to make sure that doesn't happen? And he's like, why wow. don't you just let this go? You see? So that's why I'm on such a mission, because I know that that's where the discrimination comes. When we come in, that's what they look at. They're saying, well, you ain't never had nothing, so you you know you're going to just go out and spend it. And then ultimately, because no one's helping us or guiding us, that's what we wind up doing, you know, because All right. you don't know where to go. All right, Gypsy, do you have any questions before she goes into her presentation? Um, most assuredly. Um, there's several things that you uh, keep it, that you keep stated that you stated that I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, sister, I'm feeling you, and I'm mad that I didn't meet you sooner. Oh my God. Uh, um. <laughs> One, you talked about stocks and not knowing, um, and it's funny because I start rewatching uh, The Godfather of Harlem, and I know this probably has nothing to do with it, but it has everything to do with it. Oh, yes, One thing, I know I, you know where I'm going <laughs> because everybody <laughs> talks about the lottery. The lottery system actually came from the number system, and the way mm-hmm. that they picked the numbers was not from the racetrack but it was from mm-hmm. the stock market. Mm-hmm. And and our ancestors knew just enough to to work that policy bank. They know that policy, policy system. Mm-hmm. Right, and work that policy system. However, um through education and miseducation, we've lost that. So I'm glad that it is your that you have set out on a mission, much like uh, the great Chris Gardner in the mm-hmm. 80s, who um, sought out people of color and yep. to educate people of, co- people of color in order to become financially literate and financially stable. Because unlike what most people will tell you, our greatest gain, black people, I'm love history was not during the time of this after the civil rights movement and then and then it was actually after slavery because we had all the jobs mm-hmm. and all the skill set and we could mm-hmm. immerse the capital that's how black wall street got built but then right. we were educated and and the like and when you talk about black businesses yes i am a firm believer in rotating that capital within the community and um, and black businesses, one, those of us who, 
those who are lucky enough to start a black business, I just wanted to comment and then ask my question. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be a level of that old adage where you have to work twice as hard for uh, mm-hmm. a, a, as your white counterparts. You have to mm-hmm. be that much more customer service oriented when you own a black business. Don't just, mm, I'm the boss, whether it's doing nail mm-hmm. hair or anything else, because people will not mess with you because even black folks look at black business as a second or third class type of situation. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. for those of us who have the proper stance or mind state who understand that, hey, I've got to be 10 times as customer service oriented. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to treat them with the ultimate respect. As you mentioned, going to the bank to draw that capital or to get that loan or to do something to get that money outside of illegal trade mm-hmm. um, or going to that brother or sister who is in an illegal trade and borrowing from them. How do we clean up our act? enough to get on that road to invest in ourselves and our businesses and our dreams. Mm -hmm. Okay. What we have to do is we have to structure ourselves properly. Um, We have to be students of money. We really do. And I know I say it all the time and I'm going to say it a few more times. We have to learn how money. And the thing is, is that, when we structure our business, we get it from, you know, the ideas. We, we, don't, we don't set ourselves up properly. Um, we listen to, you know, I usually say Joe the Elevator Man, who, you know, we, whoever, who, you know, you know, Joe did it this way, but Joe's running the elevator, but Joe's going to tell you how to run your business. Okay, not going to happen. You know, um, they put out there uh, to the, um, media, you know, well, you get an LLC, and most people go out, they go get the LLC, it's not even published properly. Um, they uh, are a sole person or sole member, which is not why LLCs were established, uh, you know, and their business structure, number one, is incorrect. The second thing is, is that, uh, and even for those who have like the barber shops, the hair braiding salons. I sit and talk to a lot of them. I said, look, you're going to have to put yourself together, you know, uh, so that you can protect yourself because IRS could close you down, you know, for not proper sales tax. And, you know, and so you have to have, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, Boogie mentioned how to poets. That was one of the reasons why we started how to poets Matt. McCoy, my brother, and myself was because we were building an infrastructure system for black businesses. I had just retired from Wall Street, and I was a whopping 38 years old, and I was like, okay, I'm done. And then my community called me, and they said, we need an infrastructure system. We need to make sure that businesses in our community last. The reason why our businesses don't last is is because the structure. We're not structured properly. We're not capitalized properly. And we, the business owner, 
we're the person who opens the business. We're the person who closes. We're the one who does the marketing. We're the one who does the accounting. We read our own contracts. You know, we can't, you can't have a business without an infrastructure system. And some people say, well, afford to, uh, you know, put a retainer on an attorney. No, but you may not be able to give him $3,000, but if you're getting ready to, you've got your business plan structured, you can easily sit with an attorney or an accountant, and if they get paid $400 an hour, and you know you don't have $400 an hour, set your questions up and say, how much can I get for 150 You know, that's how we have to work. And a lot of uh, professionals of color, if you're really serious about uh, your business, they will do things pro bono. I know I do it. You know, I sit with folks. I'll look at it, but you gotta, you gotta be proactive. There's companies like uh, Webo, uh, workshops and business organizations that give classes in how to structure your business plan. You know, we just know opening up the doors, and you know, I'm, I want a restaurant. That's it, and I'm gonna open up the doors. And you have it capitalized so that you can pay the rent and be able to cover yourself. You know, uh, banks don't loan money to people who don't have good credit, you know, because they figure you're going to mess it up. So those are some of the things that I'm going to talk about is, is that, and again, I can't talk about it all because it takes a long session. I have what's called uh, the money master uh, class to try to get people to understand all the aspects of business and money and how it works, but I can give enough to get you started and intrigue you, you know, and answer questions because if you are not the baseline, if you don't have a business plan for your business, there it is, you're getting ready to fail. No one is going to loan you money. If your credit is a four and 500 and you're going to the bank to say, would you loan me money? Okay, let's get logical here. Now, a lot of our businesses did get started and still to this day get started by some of our, when I say Bobo on the coin, okay? But we got to make make sure that we don't stay in Bobo's pocket, okay? And, you know, I remember there was many a times in our community before they started the lottery um, that, you know, the numbers runners were some of the people that helped fund a lot of businesses out here. You know, we need to help each other. I'm right now, you know, we, we, we don't trust ourselves enough and trust people, but if you come with a real business plan, there needs to be a place where we can go and we can get some startup capital. You know, a lot of people, during this pandemic was supposed to be eligible for the uh, payroll protection plan. But if you're not paying payroll tax and you're not uh, structured properly, you're still walking around, you know, trying to figure out how to get this extra 10000 or whatever to keep your business afloat. If you aren't structured properly, you know, and know one of the other my pet peeves that I teach everyone to do is that if you have a business and you have a business account in a bank or a credit union, 
you better know the manager. You need to know the manager, and they need to know you. You know, we walk in. We don't even go to the bank. We do everything online. Wrong move. Business people know their managers. As a matter of fact, that and getting the money from the uh, government because the banks were handling the money. So here you are, you know, hair salon on the corner, and you don't go to the bank. You do everything through your your square, you know, swiping, and you use PayPal's and all. That's really nice, but that's not business. You need to your branch manager needs to know you well, so that when you walk in and say, "I need help," you know, they can even front on their own in a bank five thousand dollars to help you. But if they don't know you, don't think they're going to do it. I've talked to many of bank managers, and they're like, well, first thing we wanted was to give the people who we work with. And then if we have anything left, we would give it and try to do somebody, you know, who's out of the banking system. That's what this government did. So the answer to your question <laughs> is, is that they need a plan. And even for the businesses that are out here, you know, just like you mentioned, Black Wall Street, and just a note, the reason why Black Wall Street was destroyed because our folks loaned, those people there loaned the government in $300,000 because the government was going broke and the government did not want to pay it back. And so they dropped a bomb on them. Okay, that's the true story. So, you know, we need to know that when we structure our communities and we work with each other, just like you said, we have to extend ourselves when we're giving business, doing business with the community. You know, when someone walks into our place and a, a business, we need to give the smile, make people know to appreciate their money and them doing business with you. The other side is also as consumers, we can't be walking into a store just because it's black-owned. We got to get the deal of the day. Okay, we need. A matter of fact, we should be willing to pay a little bit more because we know what they're doing. They're circulating that money in our community. You know, that's my take on that. I hope I answered your question. Well, that's. Um, we gonna find out later because it's time for you to get into the plan because we still want to have yeah. people be able to call in and ask some questions. So, Gypsy, if she didn't okay. ask you a question, I give you a phone number. Y'all can talk later. So, with that, we give you Yana B. Woodhouse, and she's about to break down, would you call it the seven what? It's the seven money milestones. Your road to there financial we go. security and independence. Okay. So, break it down for and us. So Let it forever be broke. With the, the first milestone is to get a financial education. And that doesn't mean you have to be a doctorate in finance. It just needs to know the basics. And so I got myself uh, where I endorsed a book called How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. It's written by uh, two of my associates, Tom Matthews and Steve Siebel. And I give that book free. And anybody who wants the book, all they got to do is send me an email at Enterprises Inc at uh, gmail.com and say, I want the book, and they got to give me uh, their name and address. Or they can go to uh, one of my sites, which is offering the book, is Anaj uh, Enterprises Information In, 
I'm going to send them a book. The book takes a whopping no more than an hour to read because you know what they say. If you want to hide something, you put it in a book. Okay, so this book takes an hour, and it goes over the basic principles of how money works. Okay, and the reason why they entitled it Stop Being a Sucker, it was kind of cute but it's really true. You know, the world doesn't mind telling you what they think about you. And when you walk into a bank and you look on one side of the teller and the other side, there's usually some lollipops there. We call them suckers, you know. And most of those suckers happen to be dum-dums. So they happen to really think of this is what they about to. Here comes the dum-dums eating our suckers, Okay. So you know, I'm never right. going to look at the bank again the same after that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's wow. why we just, you know, and it was interesting. That same company has a candy called Smarties, but they didn't put the Smarties up there. They put the Dum Dum. So that's what this world thinks about the consumer, the, the banking customer. So once you get the the book, and you get a little bit of financial literacy. And also, every um, Thursday at 6 p.m., uh, I'm on Facebook uh, and through Soul City Network, but also Access Wealth Nation. I do excerpts and from the, not only the book, but just things that people need to know, like the CARES Act, the uh, what's going on as far as benefits for businesses. So I do that every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the next thing that we have to look at is proper protection. In our community, throughout my life, I know, the insurance man has always shown up at our our door. And the thing is is that they usually talk about some parent insurance and uh, collect the money. And I remember back in the days, even my mother, the man would come and give him the little coins and probably paid for the insurances a dozen times over. There's so many different insurances out there for different purposes. If you're in business for yourself, you need to have disability insurance because if you're a one-man shop, something happens, you need to be able to keep the business running or at least have income if something should happen to you. You need life insurance. Now, I'll tell you something about life insurance. When I first got in the industry, I was like, yeah, life insurance. That was the guy in the office that was in the corner. But now I learned through the years that there was something called the living benefit of life insurance, that there was a tax law, 7702, that was set up that you could put money in and let it grow tax deferred, which means you didn't pay taxes on it. And then it could be partially mirroring the market. It's not in the market, but it gave you some guarantees. And then if you needed money, you were able to take that cash value out tax-free. And I was like, okay, they're not showing this to us. They're showing us term insurance, which I call like rent insurance. You paid if you didn't die, you're betting that you're dying. And you didn't die, so you got 12 receipts. That's all you got. No type of investment structure to that. So, you know, it's learning what the different insurances are for what. You know, I tell folks there's ways by which you can build a legacy by 
having the life insurance part, but also building that money so that your children could have money when they retire instead of selling them this lie that we've been selling them that they were going to get Social Security or something. You know, so I have Today's Child, Tomorrow's Millionaire, which is about putting away $2 a day at least for your child's future so that they can have at least a million dollars and maybe draw a lifetime income of $100,000 $100, every year tax-free. Who wouldn't want to do that? You know, but if we don't know how, and that takes time to sit down and structure and show how it's done, but this has been going on for years and years and years. You know, even businesses have been able to do this, whereas a partner putting in money into an insurance policy and it's coming out tax-free, and it looks almost like it's a wash or a laundry, but it's not. It's truly legal. You know, I've had people ask me, yeah, you're showing me something that's not legal. And I'm like, no, it's legal. And the insurance companies are the largest um, lobbyists compared next to the gun control lobbyists. So, you know, stuff ain't going to change. All right. So proper protection, your home insurance. You know, Anthony Anderson talked about this when he was um, representing Life Insurance Awareness Month, which is, in September, and he said, isn't it amazing, we will put insurance on our flat screen TV, but we won't insure the people that are in front of it or making the money to keep that flat screen TV in front of you. We got to think differently. Some people have said to me, well, look, I had to get it on my own, so they're going to have to get it on theirs. We got to get out of that thinking. We got to build legacies. A person, if we, each one of us, each one of us had someone where our parents left us something to start with, be it as $10,000, twenty, a hundred thousand, and we to make that grow into a million dollars through investing it and doing, you know, what's right with it, building with it. Would we do it? Yes, but we start with zero, and then we get to our children, they start with zero, you know, and we got to stop that. We need to put things away. You know, they taught us, here it is again, putting away money for legacy building. They created something called the 529 plan for leaving money to children. It's not leaving money to children. It's an educational program. And if you don't use it for education, you got penalties. So I'm not a fan of it, only because it was structured for grandma who was a millionaire who wanted to give $250,000 to her grandchildren without paying a gift tax. That's what that was set up yeah. for. It's not for you to be putting in 5 $6, and $10 for that. That's not where it goes. Okay. So yeah. not to believe, belabor that point, but, you know, again, love to talk about those things. And if you go to my website, I do talk about those. I also have an educational website, which is um, – it's uh, wealthwave.com forward slash Yana B. Woodhouse. And that's Yana with a J. Okay. And then um, there's your emergency fund is the next step. Being sure before you do anything else, okay, you're protecting your legacy, but you got to put some money away, which should be, they say, three to six months 
working your take-home pay. And that's nice, but I think it's more six months to a year because it takes us that long. Look what's happening to us now. Those of my clients who have emergency funds are not sweating $1,200. They've got the money, and they know that as they're using it now, they've got to put it back once they get back on their feet. And so you've got to, how do you start an emergency fund? And so I think the best way to start an emergency fund is to have a little fun with it. And I know it was on the Internet. They said for every dollar in the week of the year, for every year, week in the year, you would put away that amount to the side. So the first week you put a dollar, the second week two, the 52nd week you're putting in $52. If you did that, consistently, you would have $1,378. Okay, not a lot, but it's better than what you have. Also, I have a little uh, game thing that where people can cross off. I call it feast and famine. It has a zero, it has 60, it has all different numbers, and for every week in the year, you cross off one. So when you have good money, you put the $60 in. When you got no money, you click the zero. But the thing is, is if you did that, you'd save a thousand. So it's not a lot of money, but if you could do it every year, you start to build that uh, emergency account so that it, after 13 years, you, you really got $13,000. You know, again, you can't do the dip. You know, that I call it the dip dance. So, you know, you got to dip into it. No, no, don't dip. This is the non dip money. This you is the money. You can't even stick your toe in. Huh? No, you can't even put your toe in it. You know? <laughs> and the thing is that the best thing you can do is tell your kids you're doing it because they'll keep you accountable for it. <laughs> but, like, but I'm just going to stick my pinky that, toe in, just the pinky toe. Just the pinky but toe. if you stick your pinky toe in, guess what? You got to put the <laughs> pinky toe money back. You got to put right. it back. Yeah. Okay. It's your, you paying you. There's also a little game I had people playing was hoard your five. So you know how when you get a $20 bill, you go to the store or you spend, go to spend and do something, and we become David Copperfield. The money disappears. You don't know what happened. I had $20. Yeah. So what we do is, is that I ask folks at the end of the day, if you have $5 or any multiples of five in your pocket, you need to put it away. Hoard it. we got to make savings and put our consciousness into savings to be a little fun. We got to crawl before we walk. You know, I got people calling me, I want to invest. I got to, I was like, hold up. You got to have a plan because just investing, thinking that this market is going to make buku bucks for you. No, it's not. It's slow and steady wins the race. You know, if you have an investment that, is in the market right now, you have seen a 33% drop. You've seen an increase. But for that to equal and balance itself, you need to make at least 50% for you to just break even. So before you start to invest, you've got to learn how to save and put money away, have something. So building the emergency fund is important, very important. Yeah, and I like and, and I and I like what you're saying because I like what you're saying because it's, you're talking about tangible amounts of money. You know, yeah. it's not like call me when you get five thousand dollars. And 
And listen to what she's saying. She's talking about starting with tangible amounts of money. If it's a few dollars here and there, there's a thing called the latte effect. And they say, look at what you spend on a day. You know, if you, I don't mean to take everybody's fun away, but, you know, if you a Starbucks person, well, well, you know what? Get yourself a thermos and get some, some cream and hook it up and stop giving them the 7 to $10 and put that away just for a little while so we can start to save, you know. Um, mm-hmm. If we got uh, in a situation, you know, we and cable become, you know, friends. Well, there's things like Roku and Hulu and, you know, I introduce all this stuff to my clients. I'm like, look, we're not going to take it all away from you, but we're going to bring it down because we got to find out. Because it's not <laughs> the fact that we don't make money. you got to bring it down a little bit, okay, just so that – and it doesn't have to be forever, but it does need to be where you can start to see something saving, some kind of savings putting away. And then we start to go into the investment structure. But before we – we got to look at our debt. Now, I know no one listening to me has any problems with debt, but somebody you know, <laughs> okay. And I'm, so, I'm a, hey, if y'all, if y'all know me, y'all know debt. I, I, you know, after okay. I finished my doctorate, I got enough debt to share with all the world. So if you don't have debt, call me. I will share it with you because my you student loan some. debt. <laughs> well, do you know, buddy, have you involved yourself since you mentioned in this thing about debt and we on it? You do know that one of the major uh, most debt in this country happens to be those student loans, and that's another okie yeah. doke that they fed us. Um, the thing with the student loans, there is um, a company uh, called College Loan Freedom. It's in they're in um, Las Vegas. They have become proficient in uh, studying all of the. Uh, programs that President Obama put into place that are still in place because the orange man hasn't found out that they're there yet. Um, Don't so... say them. <laughs> Don't say them. I'm gonna need them. <laughs> yeah, so you can, I can hook you. I can hook you up with them, and they can look and see if you qualify. Because I wish I had caught you before, because I got. My my undergrad, that was a full scholarship, so I didn't have to pay anything. When I got to grad school, these folks didn't give me a dollar. And so I went to, at that time it was called Foundation Center for Research, and uh, now it's called Candid.org. Candid is a place where there's grants and stuff for people who want to go to school for certain in certain areas. And you know, there's money. You got to realize that most universities, and we don't think this way, but I got instructed early in life. You guys think about we're going to be able to advertise. We're the advertisement for these universities, especially as we become successful. And so uh, we shouldn't be paying for this. They need to be paying us. But we don't think about it. When I wanted to go to NYU for undergrad and my mother's friend said, well, I got accepted to Fordham University with a full scholarship, room and board, and a stipend. And so, but I wanted to go to NYU. Don't ask me why. I don't know. 
<laughs> Somebody told me. <laughs> and so she said, well, if Jan is all that and got all of this intellect, go back to NYU and show them what Fordham's giving, them, giving her and see what they will give her. Negotiating. Did we know that we could negotiate? Nobody told us that. But I went there. I no. negotiated. Yeah, nobody said that. Oh, I go, look, I, you want me here? This is what I'm coming with, you know, and where I'm going. And, um, you know, can I, can, what, what can you do for me? And so NYU said, great, we'll give you 50% of tuition. And I looked at them and I said, obviously you didn't hear. I have a full scholarship with a stipend and room and board, and you're talking about giving me 50%? And they're like, but we're at NYU. And I said, thank you very much and very kindly, and that's why my degree is from Fordham University. Okay? <laughs> I, was like, I heard that. I'm not trying, you know, we get this whole thing about building up this debt, and there's so many programs out there. I have a client of mine who has gone all the way to being one of the top a cardiologist and nephrologist in this country and has no debt, has just negotiated his way through everything. So I know we don't need to have debt, but no one told us that. We we learned first thing, student loans. I want to do it. So President Shit. Obama did set up these programs, and I will lead you to them to let the, you know, so you can talk to these folks. And um, and see what they can do to work out because I know they have helped many of folks. There was a woman who had a law degree and her MBA from Harvard, which totaled I think it was something like six hundred thousand dollars that she owed, and they knocked that bad boy down to I think she was paying like three hundred dollars for the next ten years, and then she's done. You know. Mm-hmm. There's stuff out there, okay. So, so I can help. But with the debt, also is is that we have a tendency when we deal with our debt in credit cards. You know, the first thing as soon as we get out of high school, those suckers are sitting there talking about we got a, a credit card for you, and you don't even have a credit score yet. You know, and this is what we've got to stop. We've got to educate our children, and then that's why we need to get our credit straight because what the other people do is is when their children start in the world, they start with a high credit score because they mirror the credit score. And what does that mean? Mom and Pa have a 700 or a 780 credit score, and so they put the children on the credit. They do not give them the credit card, but they put them on to give them a credit card they keep the credit card, but now the child has the same exact credit score as the parents do, you see. So those are things that people do to help get their children started. But if you are in a mess, you got to get your stuff out of your mess. And I'm going to tell you why. It's a rule called the rule of 72. And I don't know who knows it and who doesn't, but the rule of 72 is an awesome rule. It says that if you take the number 72 and you divide it by the interest rate that you have in your savings account. This is why they call us dum-dums. 
okay? So you take your interest rate that you're getting on your savings account and you divide it by 72, it will tell you how frequently your money will double. Why do we want it to double? Because that means that every time the number of doubles we get, that means our money is working for us. So let's break it down to a simple level here is, is that if you're getting, and this would be pretty good, 1% from the bank, and you divide it by 72, that means if you put a dollar in the bank today, 72 years from now, you got $2, okay? That ain't fine. <laughs> it's not working. So the That don't even sound right. I know I don't you know, even think sound right. I just, you know, I just felt like you insulted me. <laughs> Guess me they did. They did. Because the average, and we've gone through this with the banks, is that the average savings account in the bank right now is 0.09%. And if you take that 0.09% and divide it by 72, your money going to double to 800 years. So, you know, you want to get insulted? Let me tell you why you're going to be really insulted. Because the average bank on their credit card is somewhere around about 17%. Uh huh. On that side, and you're paying the minimum payment on those credit cards, your balance will basically double every 4.2 years. So they get 17% for taking your money that you put in the bank that you think you're saving, and they take it and then they go and loan it in credit cards, home loans, and all of that stuff, right? All the stuff that we create debt. And they're making seventeen percent. That's called a spread. So they're making that's that called money. Pimping. That's why they don't mind. <laughs> What'd you say? That's called pimping. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. That's pimping and loan sharking. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's sharking. yo. Legal, listen, I'm you know. That that's, that's it. That's that's, that's what policing. they're making money off of your money. I dare anybody go to the bank. If they got $10,000 in cash, go to the bank with cash, 10000 put it in the bank, come back in one hour and say, you know what, I want my 10000 back. I'm going to do something else with it. You're going to get a bank check because it's not there anymore. They have already figured out where it's going to be loaned and borrowed and done. It's off. You can't, they'll tell you to come back in a week. Because that's when they will have collected enough to give you back your ten thousand. So yeah, you should be very angry. And that's what I'm going. Wait a minute. The trying Don't they have? Uh huh. Oh, so wait a minute. So they they won't give you the cash back. They'll give you a bank check. Oh yeah. They're not going to give you the cash. Mm-mm. And what if you what if you refuse? Wow. That's nice. And then they'll tell you that you can come back in a week, and they'll they'll have the cash for you. Mhm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reality for it because they're circulating, they're floating. You know, have you ever thought about it when you deposit a check for ten thousand dollars or more, or even five thousand dollars into the bank? Why does it have to take two days to clear? You know, why? Yeah. There, you just put it in. It, it really got electronic business going on now, so everything clears immediately. But what they're doing is it's called float. 
they're using that money, and then they're, like, hoping you don't come back and get it. You know, just leave it there. Those are the things that we need to know. So the rule of 72, if nobody gets anything else from me today, I hope you get the rule of 72 because that's just got why, that's why death that's is so pimping our us. you got to know about why. And when you take your debt, you don't, you know, I hate to say it, but you just cannot do it on these uh, phones and in the computer. It's something about writing it down. How much do I owe? How much am I making as a payment? And what's the interest rate that I'm paying on it? And if you're going to tackle your debt, you tackle the ones with the highest interest because of that rule I just told you of 72. That means that debt will double faster if you're just paying the minimum. So once you start, you tackle the big one and pay the minimum on the smaller interest rates. And then as you're doing it, as you've paid off that big one, take the next interest rate and knock that one down. You've got to be much. You need a financial advisor to really work with you because you need someone to be real with. It's just like you got to go to a therapist sometimes to, to get real. You know, you got to go to some mm-hmm. ministers. Well, I don't know about that, but it, you still got to get real. You got to have somebody you got to be real with. You got to be, you know. And so a yeah. financial advisor is important because, like my clients, I set them up with plans and what they're supposed to do. And they know within three months to, to six months, they got to see me. And so, you know, I helped one young lady. I loved her dearly because we would meet every three weeks just for a moment, you know, to see where she was, especially when she would get her paycheck, just to see. Now she's balancing her own budget, which is the next level, which is cash flow. Most of us have more months than we got cash. And so, therefore, it looks like, uh uh-oh, I'm in debt. And I don't know how to get out of it. And so, you know, it's okay that I believe when we do, we have to also write down our budget. What are we spending money on? You know, when people tell me, you know, once we do a budget for someone and they say, I said, you got like $500 discretionary income. You got extra money. They're like, "Uh uh-uh. No, I don't. I said, well, then we need to give you a little booklet and you need to track yourself for the next two weeks to see what you're spending on. You know, it's simple things, that breakfast in the morning from work, uh, at work, then I go get lunch. Right there, it's like $15 gone, $30, you know. Some of this stuff we got to stop, and that's why I say is, is that we start to cut it down and work with it. Sometimes, you know, also – we have a tendency to get really, especially like what's going on now with taxes, we're looking for the refund. You know, I get $5,000 in a refund. Okay, that is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. And people look at me and go, what do you mean? I said, because that means you let the government hold your money for $5,000 for the whole year, and then they gave it back to you with no interest. Who does that? Why would you do that? You could adjust your withholding so you could get most of it. You know, I remember when I was in the workforce, which wasn't long, but I was working for a company, and my whole fund that I had was I wanted 
to owe them a dollar at the end of the year. Why? Because you don't have to pay it. If they owe you a dollar or you owe them a dollar, you don't have to, they, they don't pay that. IRS doesn't pay. And I think that was just so awesome to be in a position where I didn't have to pay them the dollar. You know, it can be done. But what do we do? We use TurboTax. We use uh, H&R Block. Nobody's going to help you adjust your withholdings for that. They're like, it's a factory, and they're going to put you through the factory. And so they're not going to give you advice. But if you want to, if you're going to to have uh, savings for retirement, even though 401K plans aren't my biggest friend, because there's a little statement that I always say is, is that if we were farmers, would I want to pay taxes on the seed or would I want to pay taxes on the harvest? Well, I pay on the seed because at this point the harvest is going to be big. But when you do a 401K plan, you pay taxes on the harvest because you can't touch the money till you're 59 and a half. You, and when you do, you got to pay taxes. And if you take the money before 59 and a half, you got a 10% penalty plus you got to pay taxes. Now, of course, the Damn. CARES Act, they, they, they have eradicated that a little bit and said you could take money out now up to $100,000, but you got to pay that bad boy back in three years. And if you don't have a plan to pay that money back in three years, you're going to get hit with a big, big tax cut. So that Damn. being said. Sounds like a setup. It is. It wow. Is. I, it, it is. It's the same way that they're so, doing with mortgages. They're saying don't pay your mortgage. The CARES Act says you've got 90 days that you can defer your um, your mortgage payment. Well, yeah, but the 90th day, I got to come up with three months worth of payments. If I couldn't pay it in the three months, where was I going to get this money to pay it on the 90th day? Hmm. Yeah. So we going well, to let me let me cut you off. Closure. Let's get back to your plan mm-hmm. because we got I know we got people who want questions. So let's let's okay. get through the seven point plan where we can get questions. Okay, so we on what there. point four or five? This, where the we at? Cash flow. I'm at cash flow, and so cash flow is your budget. And then I think that if you don't make enough money, because a lot of times people are not paying us well for our what we do, because we're paying, we're creating their dreams, and they pay us less for it. Think about what you can do at seven o'clock in the morning, and still do it at seven o'clock at night, and you won't don't stop except for going to the bathroom and getting something to eat. That's called your passion. If you have a passion for something, you need to find out how you're going to get paid to do that because those are the things that will help you to build your business. Also, there's a thing called gig economy that they created. They have names for everything. And the gig economy is gigging for folks. (laughs) And the majority of people who gig are people who earn around $50,000 a year. They're between the ages of 28 and 38 years old. And they're doing things like they're using Amazon, they're testing items, you know, reviewing items. There are people who can proofread. There are things that you can do to make up for that shortage of money that you're not getting in your budget. But you've got to write your budget down. The next thing is, is to build wealth. Now, how do we build wealth is basically is to start to invest, creating um 
the investments that you get paid that are taxable now, which is like your stocks, your bonds, mutual funds, savings accounts, to the tax later, which is your 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs, annuities, to the tax never, tax-free types of investments that are like your Roth IRA, uh, permanent insurance with cash value, municipal bonds, things like that. These are the things that you put away money in and start to invest. But before you do anything, you have to have your plan put together and know what your whys are. Because if you don't have a why, why for it, W-H-Y, a why for it, you're not going to keep up with it. And I can't help or none of my associates can help if we don't know what your why is. Why are you doing this? I want to get a house in, you know, three years. I want to, uh, you know, I need to be able to send my kids to college and without any difficulties in dealing with giving them a debt. You know, think, what's your why? And then we can help you with that. And then last, that's that's the the building wealth. And sometimes it's slow and steady, you know, and I have to know how much we can pull aside, put aside to work with. Like I said, there's some investments that as little as $10, which is like an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, to all the way up to major investments. You know, it all depends. We got to, like, again, crawl before we walk. And the last thing is the seventh aspect, which is protecting your wealth. That means, and I don't care what, how much money you got, if you got a place, you need a will. You need to have a financial power of attorney. This is when no one can, you can't speak for yourself and someone can handle your money and your finances. Um, you need to have an advanced health care directive or a living will that says to people what kind of medical treatment you will take and what you won't take and what you won't do. And then the HIPAA form, who can be in the room. We have these blended families, blended relationships, well, you know, it would be terrible that a loved one can't get into the room to see you because of the fact is not proper documents. And for those of you who have children over 18 years old, remember, they are adults. And so you need documentation to be able to even get their school records. All right? So there's a time of changing, but you got to protect your assets. You know that the average family has a tendency, especially not only in our community, but in all communities, because I've seen it all races, colors, and creeds. They fight and break up because somebody died. And Auntie said I could have the car. No, Auntie said I could have the car. And this is where the house, and we got, you know, the, the battle and people not talking to each other. Put it in writing and make it happen, and it can be done simply. So these are the things yeah. that we have to do. Those are the seven steps. Uh, I, I ran through them. I usually do a class that takes about two hours to get it done, but I, I, I just wanted to give you all the, the basics of what, because when we have access, oh, and one more thing with the, the legacy and transferring, everyone should go to unclaimed funds for the state that they're living in and any state that they've lived in and check their name, check any deceased relative name, 
because there's thousands and thousands, as a matter of fact, it's millions and millions of dollars that have been in accounts because we are people of secrets. So we have a tendency not to tell people where all our money is. I tell folks, look, you don't have to tell everybody. You can put it in a book and put it up in your library somewhere and don't put it there. Put a note saying go to another book and then don't put So they got to walk around the house a little bit if you leave this earth. But don't have it where you collect all this money and build the wealth and it goes back to the state you live in who didn't give a hoot about you. Make sure yeah. that you go to unclaimed funds. Okay, so I'm done I know. ready for and, questions. And going, and going back to what you said um, I, and about leaving stuff, I learned that from my mother. Because when mm-hmm. my mother, she started talking about, like, wills and all this other kind of stuff, you know, nobody wants to talk about your parents dying. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, it, it just so happened that my mother died at 57 of an undiagnosed heart condition, you know, mm. and, but when she, but, 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 like, but like when she retired, like five years before that, she said, listen, I'm letting you know, y'all, it ain't going to be no fighting over who's mm-hmm. getting what and this, that, and the other. She said, the way okay. that I have it set up, the way that I have it set up, only you two can access the money. And you two can only mm-hmm. access it if you act right and agree with each other. If y'all fight, it just stays in limbo. So what you, Got it. she did, she was, and she said, so you don't have to worry. She said, when I, if I die, she said, nobody can touch anything I have except you two. There's no, she said, okay. you don't got to worry about anybody coming in. And when she did, people were like, looking what's going on. And it was set up. I mean, and our family wasn't like that. But like, you know, they were like, well, this memento, this, that, and the other. And we like work it out. Like, so um, my mother had fur coats. Me and, my, me and me and my brother went to fur coats and his wife wasn't. And so I'm like, listen, to the sisters, I gave each of them like a couple fur coats that mom had to remember by. Because it's like they people like wanted mementos and this, that, and the other. But the way she set it up, like nobody could touch anything. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is not like the horror stories I had before. But it was basically... How it was set up because of me because she set it up where it took both me and my brother's signature to get anything mm-hmm. joint. It wasn't like so if one of us didn't if one of us didn't sign it, nobody could get it. So we were going to get our bank accounts. You know, um, mm-hmm. I told my brother to handle it. He's like, no, you and your brother have to come in and sign because if you don't, this there money just sits here. And I was just yes, like, wow. Yes. And so and so I learned so well. from that. Yep. Yeah, it's commendable because well, it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if y'all have questions, because I know me and Jesse got a lot, so if y'all in there, don't text me message me talking about I'm listening, because we get people be like, text me and say, hey, I'm listening, good show, call in. Everybody talk. Everybody I know got questions about money, so if you're listening, call in, 646-668-2574. Again, 646-668-2574. You can ask Yana about all the questions you have. You can ask her about some of the resources and this, that, and the other. But in the time that we're waiting for people to call, because if you don't call, me and me and Jesse are gonna take over the show. You know we'll do it. We've done it before. So give us how we can get in touch with you. So um, so people who want to know how to get in touch with you or. resources for like that you recommend any websites let us know 
And again, if you want to sure. call in, the number is 646-668-2574. And sometimes we have problems because I have people say sometimes they call in and it acts up. If it does, just try to mm-hmm. call again. Um, this blog talk radio, we just on it. We don't run it. So there we go. But yeah, so give us well, give us your information, how we get in touch, touch with you. me. You can call my office at 646-375-2121, Let me know that you were on, you know, TNC and, 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 um, and that would help because, you know, I, I know exactly where people are coming from, what, where, where, where my bread is buttered. Uh, then the <laughs> other is, is that you can go on um, the, my email is ANAJ Enterprises, it's plural, INC at gmail.com. Um, I, my website is Anaj Enterprises because that's, that's my tax and um, investment site and uh, anajenterprises.com. Uh, those are the best to, to get in touch with me. If you listen uh, online, you go to Access Wealth Nation uh, to, at, on Facebook, and uh, many of my shows are there until Matt puts them back up on uh, Soul City uh, TV. And so, um, you know, I, I or I tell folks, you want to catch me? I'm out here so much. Just Google. You'll find me. I got so many things running. Could you give us the email Google. one more time? Okay, the email is Anaj, A-N-A-J. It's my name spelled backwards. Uh, Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S. At gmail.com. Yo, and I'm sending this out to um, the, I'm a part of a financial group called Thinking About Saving that one of my boys started, okay. and I posted on the website, and my boys I like, posted mm-hmm. um posted on Facebook. Listen, if y'all ain't calling in, I don't want to see all of this talk on the on Facebook about how we do this and savings. We got somebody in here who's doing it. I posted it. If y'all listening, call in. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. this, this is where we have to take advantage. Um, so what also I want to ask you is, you know, Internet, you got people listening from all over. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a limit? Um, are the, um, what, if people are calling in from different states than what you're in, does that affect your ability mm-hmm. to um, assist them? Not at all. And thank God for the Zoom, the Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, I'll tell you, this Corona thing has opened my world. I thought I was having everything. I was just calling people and talking because I'm registered in every state in the United States, including Canada and Puerto Rico. And wow, um, but but it was just one of those things that you know, it's like, okay, give me a call, send me an email. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm sitting with clients face to face. And we're Zooming it, and we're uh, Skyping it, and I even did WhatsApp. Child, I'm just doing electronic technology all over the place. They get to sit down, <laughs> and I have assistants. <laughs> I have associates that I'm training, and some of them that I have trained 
so that, you know, we can service a large group of people. My system is that my associates can do the intake. We come together and figure out what a plan is for a client, and I do the final review to make sure that it touches my hands. I do the same thing with taxes. I have associates who data enter stuff. They come up with the tax returns, but everything comes through me. Okay. Well, um, and just again, so everybody's aware. Oh, I was going to say, just no, so everybody's I'm, aware, I have already sent in for my copy of the book. I already did that. <laughs> so I I, y'all y'all can mess around and play around. I remember you said it. I am waiting. And tell them the name okay. of the book again. Tell them the name of the book how again, many, um, Yana. How many words stop being a sucker? Yo, and she said it's an hour read. Think about that. An hour read. Now, Understand, she is one of the top 1% of what she did and does, and she said that she's licensed in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Canada. So we have a a wealth gap, um, and y'all not calling in, so I'm I'm, going to ask a question. Could you break down wealth and how I wanted to say one thing about that wealth gap. I have a calendar that I contribute to is the Equal Justice Initiative, which is uh, Brian uh, Stevenson's group, you know, the Mm -hmm. one that they did, Just Mercy. And this month, and that's why Matt and I are going to put together an economic summit because this blew my mind, and I just got to share it with you. The gap between white and black home ownership rates in 2018 was greater than it was in 1976, and every for $300 in wealth held by a white family, a black family has just $5.04. Take us 228 years if we keep going the way we're going. That's why we got to change things to catch up with these folks. So I say to you, I'm glad you mentioned the wealth gap. Because I'm on a mission to close the gap. And and, and speaking of wealth, could you explain? Because you you talked about the dollar turning around. You you know like six days. You like you know it's more like hours. Could you explain community wealth and how that relates to the dollar turning around in the neighborhood and how it compares sure. to other 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 ethnicities on um, the nationalities as far as how the dollar turns over in theirs. Yes, and it's interesting because the fact that we don't have um, businesses where we're contributing and putting the money into them. And so I'll give the perfect example because I went around for three years with raggedy nails because of this. I used to get my nails done in a, a shop, nail shop around the corner from where I live. And to the extent I knew all the women, they were all Oriental. And um, and one day I had an issue with the nail, and I had to stay there for about, I was there for like three hours trying to get this thing all nailed off. And while I was there, it was in the morning. In the morning, 
they did not buy one cup of coffee in our neighborhood. It was delivered. Lunchtime came. They they had this little truck came up, and they uh, came out with their food. They had bottles of water coming out of that truck also. So the woman who was taking care of me, Ling Ling was her name, and she's, I said to her, do you not buy at least a bottle of water out of this neighborhood? She said, no, no need, no need. We bring, they deliver, they deliver. I was like, well, I'll be there. So that meant that none of that money was circulating in our community for anything. And at that point, after she got that nail off, I have not been back, okay? And we'll never go back because it's not feeding our community. Economically, the businesses have to survive in our area. They're doing is is they're taking that money that we're putting in them, all the bodegas and the cleaners and all of that, and they don't live in our community, so it goes out to their community, and it funds their programs, their taxes. They're not even paying much tax here in our area. They pay it in their community out on Long Island or in Connecticut. And so, therefore, all the programs that are supposed to come to us in our community, we show no economic strength. And so as long as we're giving these people their money, this money and they're taking it out of our community and they take it immediately out. So I found a nail salon, and I'm going to give a shameless plug, Lisa, uh, Lisa Logan, Nails by Lisa in Harlem. <laughs> and Lisa lives in our community. She lives in Harlem. She has her shop in Harlem. She buys her food from stores that are in Harlem. She is feeding our community. That's what we have to be conscious of. Because if not, you know, they're talking about the census right now. You can get counted all you want to, but they're not giving us the, and I do approve. And you know, so send it in. But the thing is, is that if we're not having our businesses in our community and we're not going to them, you know, we're going to go to, you know, some other store or go into another community to buy. <coughs> yeah, it may cost. It costs a little bit more for me to get my nails done with Lisa, and I joyfully do it. She treats you well. You know, she, she gives you a little wine while you're sitting there. She makes you feel like your dollar is worth something. And the thing is, is that's what you look for. Because if we don't do this, we have no economic strength. And we turn around and somebody else owns our community. You know, right now yeah. I have a group of people who are trying to build community centers because it was Reagan and Koch during those eras that they eliminated all of the community centers here in New York, they did not fund them. And so that was to put our children out in the street, hanging out, doing nothing, and then they get arrested, and then they wind up in the system, and then they pay by working for the state for free. Okay. So, you know, we've got to be aware. So they, this group wants to build community centers. I'm all down with it because – we need to have things where we're feeding our children. But those dollars, we have to demand them. And we can't demand them if we're not, if, if we're not part of the economic base. All we're doing is giving money out, you know, and we're funding other people. 
and other people's lifestyle. You know, we can't do that. That's good. And how is the, the wealth of a community related to how many times a dollar turns around in it? The wealth of the community, basically, just like what I was saying is, is that when you're looking at how much time that money circulates in your community is how it builds, how the taxes are paid in the community, and therefore the funding of what services we receive in the community. Like my community here in Concourse Village in the Bronx, our money circulates a little bit a little longer, not much, because we have a lot of stores that are owned by other people. But we make certain demands because of the fact is that we're property owners. And so that means when that relates to the sanitation department, when there was one week, I'll never forget that I came back from being out of town for 15 days, came back, and garbage was piled up in the neighborhood. One telephone call, you get that. They, they, they're like, sorry. And then they call you and say, we're sorry, you know, <laughs> that this happened. We, we got to stop. <laughs> it's the block. <laughs> you know, yeah, you start yeah. to apologize because, you know, we're going to cause some mess here. But if you're, if you're not, if you're just paying out in your community and putting money into other people, that telephone call means a hill of beans because they're going to get whatever they need and the the services they're getting paid. Nobody's going to jump on them. You know, make your, you know, we talk about the presidential election. It ain't about the presidential election. It's your, your local where the real power comes into. You need to know, they need to know you and you need to know them. And when you make a telephone call, you need to be answered. So it does make a difference in your community when you don't have enough services or when they're building too many things in your area. Like right now in our area, we're battling because they want to put a prison two blocks away from us. No, (laughs) no, you know, Wow. that's your empowerment. But if you are not involved and you are just paying out money in taxes and you just doing what I call the okie doke, you just going along with everything. In your community you have no voice. If you are not an wow. economic factor, you are not a voice. You don't matter. You know, so you have to you have to make them understand. And we gotta create the stores. We've got to we create the businesses. We've got to be known because that's that's how they calculate when they're doing this budget. You hear they're doing the 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 state budget. That's what they look mm-hmm. at. What does that community look like? If that community is just paying out in taxes, well, they'll use it. But if you make them accountable. You know, by having that money that's circulating in the community and it can stop. It's just like with taxes. We can we can make a, a, a noise about when there are certain things happening and change the tax laws in your state and local legislation. You know, I know my city councilwoman. I know my state assemblyman. He don't like me and I don't like him, but we know each other. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, like me, because I keep, yeah. I keep, when stuff starts looking ugly, you got to talk. But if you don't have that economic strength. Just, you got any questions? Because I can go on forever. Hold up. We got TNC Radio, next chapter. 
on the D Hour Radio Network. We only got 14, about 15 minutes left. And you know, the last two minutes, we get into our, our goodbye song. And you know, we got to do that. So if you have any questions for Yana, please call 646-668-2574. Um, and I know some people who are listening, y'all should be calling in. I ain't saying nothing. You know, I ain't going to call you out on the air. But I'm just saying, this really is the time. Because people really, you know, when it comes down to learning how money works, first of all, everybody thinks that there's got to be some secret. Look, the Wall Street Journal is at a 12th grade reading level, so it's not neuroscientists. I wish I could say that it's just brilliance, but it's not. And the thing is, is people <laughs> don't really know exactly what to say, but know that I'm open. You know, I want to help. And I have people that will help. And we're not trying to dog you out or anything. We're just here to help. And, you know, because I, I have to be honest, I've, I've been blessed, you know, and, and, and I got to get back. I got to get back. Yeah. Gypsy, any questions? Well, uh, let me first say this. Uh, you will be hearing from me within a week. I promise you that. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, brother. No, I, I'm, I'm, no I'm, I'm serious because I'm, I'm, I'm – what was that old saying? You know, right now, I'm, I'm so broke I can't even pay attention. Okay? I Honey, got you, bro. You, you will be but hearing you know from me. You're not broke sure. because broke means that it's not going to circulate. It's just going circulating awfully slow right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's it, it, but but as, but as the late great uh, Donnie Hathaway said, everything's got to get better. Now, that's right. That's right. So, I just love the fact that um, you talked about the localization of money and show and explaining how money circulating actually helps your community, no matter what community you're in. But, you know, yes. we, we are black folks. So as Malcolm said, That's if right. you ain't thinking and talking black by this late date, I don't know what to take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true. And it's, it's true as, uh, in, in 2020, as it was in nineteen in the sixties when he said it, okay, mm-hmm. um, even more so. So, in doing that, I love the fact that you explained how your finances work and how it works with your gov- with the government. Mm-hmm. Because ain't nobody paying attention to you if you ain't paying into nothing. That's Money right. talk. You know, and I I love that. And creating that economic base, learning from the economic base. Okay, you live in paycheck to paycheck, which which majority of Americans are. You know, Mm -hmm. we we, we're we're adulting wrong, as the kid would say. We're we're not adulting. (laughs) Yes. Right? Wrong. We're doing it wrong. And it's because of the lack of information that right. we that we've had. And like I wrote down uh, six out of seven of your points. I missed between five and six. You said build wealth and protect your wealth. What was number six again? In okay, case somebody number, else missed that. 
Yeah, because I was going kind of fast, I know. Um, let me see if I can. I have my little notes because I, I, I purposely said, so number six, we had the cash flow was before that, and then debt management was number four. Uh, emergency fund was number three. Number two was proper protection, and number one was a financial education. Okay. I know five was built wealth and seven you said protect your wealth. What was that no, step number in six between? Was build wealth and number six was build wealth. So it goes like this financial education, proper protection, emergency funds, debt management. Okay. Cash flow. Cash flow was that one when I was talking about that word budget, you know. And then right. number six is to build your wealth. That's how are you building? Because there's two elements that affect your building wealth. One is inflation and the other is taxation. So inflation can really mess you up because we're going to see some massive inflation because the government is printing more money rapidly. And so, you know, we've got to look at the element, what inflation is, is your buying power. People throw that word around, you know, all over the place, but it's your buying power. And it's just like what I tell folks to think about inflation. Ten years ago, if you went to the grocery store and you had $20, you could probably buy some groceries. Today, you go to the grocery store with $20, well, don't buy no meat. <laughs> you, $20 don't buy you $19 nowadays. <laughs> yeah, because that is getting you nothing. And so I thought it broke it down even more so because I was thinking one day, and I said, you know, I like the Hershey's candy bar ever so often. And so I remember about 10 years ago, you could go into, like, one of the, the Dwayne Reeds or whatever, and you could get, like, three, four candy bars for a dollar. And now today, one costs a dollar forty nine. I was like, "Oh, that's a good example of inflation." <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, my dollar, yeah. my dollar don't stretch. It's not stretching, yeah. and it costs more. I just looked. We we just did some uh, chicken for the holiday, and we bought a bag of those little wingettes. And there used to be forty wingettes inside the bag. Now there's thirty wingettes, but the price used to be ten dollars and now it's fourteen dollars. Yeah. You see? Yeah. That's why but our money hasn't increased, you know. And so that's the other thing I would offer to everyone who wants to know. Like we have um a how money dot com forward slash Yana B Woodhouse. And I give that again. And there's a how money works challenge. And it's just asking you five questions to see what you know about money. So it's howmoneyworks.com forward slash Yana B. Woodhouse. Note, I got my name all over the place. I'm just like Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to remember my name. (laughs) Yeah. That's is to just test and see and some of the questions about how money works and see where you're at. It's not bad. Most Americans get three out of the five questions correct. You know? 
So wow. that, that that's one of the things. Those are the levels, you know. And I'm hoping that people are learning something. That's my main focus is I hope what I gave was informative enough to want them to get more information and more so all they got to do is send me an email and say, I need a free financial analysis. You know, I was on TM, uh, TNC and, I, you know, I, I, I need one. And I can send them what they need to provide me and we can do a Zoom or whatever makes good FaceTime, whatever it is, I got it. And so we can sit and out what to do to set up the plan. And they will have a physical financial plan. But like I said, a plan is only good as far as what you will implement. And so, you know, we set it up so that you can talk to me back and forth. And if I'm not readily available, then I at least have backup. I have about five to ten associates who just help to answer questions. And if it's too deep for them, they come back to me and I make sure I get on the phone. Oh, I'm going to be talking to you by Friday. Like, and, and hold on one second. Cause <laughs> my, my, my wife listens to the show and I'm mm-hmm. standing in front of her world and I'm letting her know that you, 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 you was right, baby, about some things. And I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This yeah, is I'm, the next Ayana. Yeah. This is how our show works. It ain't. <laughs> it, it is what it is. I am is. so glad. So you got to go home and you got to bring some flowers, sweetie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. <laughs> And just take pictures. I want to see the groveling. Just take pictures I got, and text them to me. <laughs> I got to get out the key sweat, the berry white. I, ooh, Lord, okay, all right. Oh, oh my goodness. Please, I posted the um the link that you gave in my um, okay. thinking about savings um group. And 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 this, I tell you, I, the reason I get upset is because people call. Yo, man, listen to the show. That was great. I'm like, call in. <laughs> this is like, because I mean, we don't ask questions, but we wanted to serve everybody. But I guess we're asking questions yeah. everybody is cool with. You know what I'm saying? But um, you well, know, sometimes they might be intimidated or embarrassed because they they shouldn't have the questions. But I'm letting y'all know we will monopolize everything like we normally do when y'all don't call in. And you know when we call in we give y'all shots. You know, you just can't call up here with no ignorance. So but <laughs> with that, we, we we got we got a little bit of we only got like a minute and a half left before we get out. So we're gonna give the um the exit to Yana. Anything that you message or or you know um concept or ideology you wanna leave to impart as a last Last message um, about financial literacy and legacy. Got you. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. And if you need me back anytime, I'll be willing to come back. But the biggest oh, you thing I want to leave is <laughs> thank you. <laughs> One of the things that I would say to folks is get your financial house in order. Do not be ashamed. This is almost like people who have cancer. They want to keep it quiet and think it's going to go away. It's not. We have to get our, our act 
in order, and especially we, those of us of color, because no one's thinking about us. We ain't in no legislation. We're not addressed anywhere. Our issues, they don't give a hoot about our lives mattering. We need to make some statements by creating our own economic lifestyle and freedom, and we can do it if we all join together and trust each other. There we go. So this is TNC Radio, next chapter. We discussing legacy, and today we had Yana B. Woodhouse, the fabulous, the magnificent, and she broke it down. She gave you all her contact information. If you're just getting into the show, it's recorded. Um, you got to give it like about 24 hours when it uploads and posts, but it's there for perpetuity. You can go and listen to it. And I know that people listen to it, but, but take down the information. She didn't give it out in jest. This is not one of those things where you get out and she gives out information. And then when you email her or call her or something, you know, you get in a voicemail and people telling the call back mm-hmm. or try to sell you something. What she nope. gave you, and I'm telling you, cause I know her as, as, a, as, as a, as a businesswoman and a friend. So she's straight up. I vouch for her on every level. It'll be taken care of. Use the information. I'm going to use it because it's a shame. I've known it for damn near 20 years, and I've never really used her outside of just picking her brain on the side. But we're about mm-hmm. to get it into an official official level. So with that, Gypsy, take us home, homie. Hey, you know how we always say, how we always do about this time. Keep your eye on the sparrow. Oh.
in the night. 